is going to deal with strategies outside the owner-occupied realm and dig into techniques that you can use without needing to live in the investment. Let's move on and look at some of other ways you can get involved with real estate investing creatively and without a lot of cash. We'll begin with one of my favorites, partnerships. Chapter three, partnerships. I'm a huge fan of superhero movies. You know the type, big Hollywood budgets, star-studded cast, and over-the-top special effects. And judging by the recent success of these films, I'm not the only one who loves them. People connect with these films in a unique way, largely because of the connection we feel to the powerful yet emotionally damaged superheroes. No matter how cool or super these heroes are, they all have one thing in common, partners. Whether that partner is another superhero, a government agent, or a wise butler, it's clear that even superheroes need a partner. Why? Because everyone has weaknesses. Yeah, even you. No matter how smart, talented, rich, good-looking, strong, or wise you are, you still have needs that can be better met by someone else. Partners can compensate for those weaknesses in a powerful way. When investing in real estate, your greatest weakness may be your lack of cash, but you may excel in other areas like knowledge or creativity or having a flexible schedule or the ability to do your own labor or having a great deal, but not the ability to fund one. As a result, Using partners to invest in real estate can be a powerful way to move forward without a lot of cash. This chapter covers the concept of partnerships extensively and explains a few strategies for using partners to creatively invest in real estate without a significant amount of money out of pocket. I hope this chapter will open your eyes to the possibility partners can bring to your real estate deals. Whether you have done zero deals or a hundred deals, I believe the information in this chapter will help you invest in more real estate, build more wealth, and have more fun doing it. Although I will share several specific techniques and strategies for investing in real estate using partners, recognize that these are not the only ways to invest with partners, just a few strategies I've used. As I've mentioned, the purpose of this book is to get your mind thinking creatively, so let's get creative with partners. Let me introduce you to Bob. Bob is responsible. Bob pays his bills. Bob has a good job, good credit, and a nice smile, and he smells terrific. Bob is a banker's best friend. Bob also has some extra cash lying around. There's only one problem. Bob is not a real estate investor. Bob doesn't find deals. Bob doesn't read the books. Bob doesn't hang out on biggerpockets.com. And Bob doesn't even know the difference between a lease option and seller financing. Don't worry, we'll get to both those later in the book. You, on the other hand, find the deals, read the books, hang out on biggerpockets, and can tell the difference between lease options and seller financing, or at least you soon will. Together, you and Bob could form a superhero team that could take on Batman and Robin and dominate them at least in Monopoly. Why Bob? Let's face it, real estate investing is cool. If the world were a junior high school playground, investors would be the kids with the Air Jordans. Every kid wants to be cool, and every adult wants the same. Although the classification of what's cool may have changed over the years, the basic concept remains the same. Everyone wants to be cool, even Bob. Bob looks at you, the investor, or soon-to-be investor, and sees cool. He sees that you're out there, wheeling and dealing, making things happen with your life. You're going places, you're fighting the man, and you're building some serious wealth in the process. Bob wants to be cool, but he doesn't have the time. Bob wants to invest in real estate to see his money making money, but he simply can't, or won't. By joining forces, you and Bob can become unstoppable. How do you find Bob? Bob is everywhere. Chances are many of your family members and friends are Bob. Many of the people you run into at the grocery store are Bob. Your doctor might be Bob. 
Now, before you run out and ask all your family members and friends for money, wait to hear what I gotta say next. I don't actually recommend ever directly asking your Bob for money, at least not at first. After all, when you go to the grocery store, you don't see the cashier begging you for cash, yet your money still ends up in their registers. Why is that? Because you trust the store, you trust the brand. Additionally, the store has something you want. It's known for carrying the kind of products that satisfy your needs, and as a result, you will willingly hand over your hard-earned money. The same is true when you're raising money for real estate. Developing yourself as a recognizable brand is the number one way to attract money to yourself and your business. I'm not suggesting a national brand like Coca-Cola or Starbucks, but rather a brand within your community and network. Building your brand. Your brand consists of two parts, yourself and your product. They are two sides of the same coin and you need both to develop your real estate brand. For example, you might buy Oreo cookies because you trust the name Oreo, but also because you're in the mood for a sugary chocolate cookie. Obviously, both parties played a role in your choosing to purchase Oreos. The same applies with your real estate investing. You must develop a brand for yourself personally as well as for the product you're offering. So let's dive into this topic a little deeper and separate these two halves so we can look at each one individually. First, your personal brand. The first half of your brand involves you, the potential investor. What do people immediately think when they see you and talk with you? Do you portray confidence, intelligence, trust? I believe your personal brand is developed in three primary areas, reputation, knowledge, and experience. So let's talk about each of these. First, reputation. Your reputation is a fragile extension of yourself that must be handled with care at all times, extending far beyond just business life. Do you do what you say you'll do? Do people know you as honest? Do you go out of your way to help others? How do you treat your family and friends in public? What does your Facebook wall say about you? What do your clothes say about you? What does your choice of friends say about you? What does your parents say about you? What does your car say about you? Your reputation extends to every area of your life and when you're building a creative real estate business, it matters. I'm not suggesting you dump your wardrobe in your Prius in exchange for an Armani suit and a limo. However, recognize that with every move you make, people are watching. They are looking for someone to look up to, to respect, to invest with, to partner with. Start building your reputation right now as someone who is serious about success. Knowledge. Your personal brand is developed through knowledge. I'm sure you know someone in your life who talks a big game but clearly doesn't know what they're talking about half the time. Admit it, you're thinking of someone right now, aren't you? <laughs> People can smell that guy coming from a mile away. Never pretend to know more than you do. Use your gaps in knowledge as motivation to grow. Don't be afraid to say, I don't know the answer to that question, but let me get back to you on it. Knowledge can be gained in various ways, and with this book, you're using one of the best methods, reading. You can also attend local real estate meetups, sit down with local real estate investors for coffee, listen to real estate podcasts, get involved in online forums, or work or volunteer under an experienced real estate investor. And experience. Finally, your personal brand is strengthened through your experience. Perhaps the most difficult thing to build for new investors, your track record is your greatest ally in establishing your personal brand. What have you done that will help people trust you? If you are experienced with real estate or business, this should speak for itself. However, if you're just getting started in the field, building your experience without ever doing a deal is not impossible. Experience can be gained through close proximity to other investors or can be conveyed by a large dose of education and a good reputation. In other words, if you lack experience, strengthen your knowledge and reputation to compensate and you'll be fine. Number two, your product. The other side of branding is your product. It has to be good, it has to be worth selling. Nabisco did not become the monster company it is because Oreos tasted bad. No, Oreos are probably the best tasting treat ever invented on planet Earth. Feel free to disagree, but deep down we both know I'm right. Your real estate deals need to be the same. Incredible. 
If you are having difficulty finding financing, you need to ask yourself, is it really a good deal? Although this is beyond the scope of the book, you really need to have a solid grasp on the math behind real estate investing. Do you truly know what makes a deal a deal? Or are you just throwing out wild numbers and hoping for the best? If people are going to trust your brand, they have to trust the quality and profitability of the product you represent. Additionally, and just as important, you need to present your deals in a manner that reflects their strengths. In other words, presentation matters. When you're talking about a deal, do you mention how great you hope it will be or do you have a three-page written detailed analysis packet complete with repair estimates, color photos, and recent sales comps to justify those claims? Building your brand will help you succeed. If you build yourself into a trustworthy brand, the money will follow. When real estate investing becomes your passion, you will find that you can't help but talk to everyone about it. In turn, the people you talk to about it will talk to their friends about you. Brand loyalty can spread like wildfire if you are proactively fanning the flame. So, what does brand building have to do with partners? Well, remember Bob? When you build your brand and develop both sides of the coin, you don't need to go searching for Bob. Bob will find you, and when he does, it's time to make him feel cool. How to work with Bob. Four strategies. Perhaps a neighbor overheard you talking about a recent deal, or your sister's boyfriend's aunt's doctor heard about your skills and wants to get involved. There are many ways I work with Bob to benefit both of us, and the type of business relationship you have with your Bob will depend significantly on the case-by-case situation you're in. That said, here are four ways I've worked with Bob to build a mutually beneficial relationship. A full equity partnership. The first strategy is an equity partnership in which Bob funds the deal using cash. In this scenario, Bob funds the purchase and the repairs needed in exchange for a certain split. This works especially well for house flippers. Bob can fund the entire purchase and repair amount while you manage the rehab, and in the end, you split everything 50-50. Mike Simmons explains how he used this strategy to flip houses with no money of his own on episode 50 of the Bigger Pockets podcast. Now, let's look at an example. Real estate investor Cheryl really wants to purchase, rehab, and sell a certain three-bedroom, two-bath townhome, but she has none of the $250,000 the sellers are asking for the property. She knows that with fifty dollars worth of work, she can sell the property for $400,000, so she's eager to put the deal together. She decides to get creative. Cheryl meets with her local real estate mentor, John, and shows him the full deal. He's impressed by the due diligence she's put in and the solid deal that she presents. Bob agrees to become a full equity partner of Cheryl's, agreeing to fund the entire purchase price and the repairs in exchange for half the profit at the end. John pays for 100% of the expenses and holding costs while Cheryl diligently manages the rehab. After 90 days, the home is sold for $400,000 and Cheryl and John split the profits 50-50. Cheryl clears $35,000 herself after paying the closing costs and fees with not a penny out of her pocket. Second, the down payment equity partnership. Although many Bobs have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank, not all potential partners will. However, you can still use Bob to invest with none of your own cash, even if Bob can't come up with the whole purchase price and repairs. In a down payment equity partnership, Bob funds the down payment needed, typically 20 to 30%. Bob gets the entire mortgage in his name alone, or you can get it in both names if you prefer, but the legal title is in both individuals' names. And although a lot of lenders will allow you to do this, yours may not, so always check with your banker. You then divide the cash flow and or equity or whatever split you agree on. I like 50-50, but as in any partnership, it all comes down to what you negotiate with them. Here's an example. 
Brian, a relatively new investor, located a triplex in his neighborhood listed at 120000 He knows the property will make an excellent rental, but has no cash to purchase the property. Brian knows he needs a 25% down payment, plus about ten grand to cover minor repairs and closing costs to make the deal come together. Thinking creatively, Brian talks with Samantha, his aunt, who has been interested in investing in real estate for some time, but has been too busy with her day job to jump in. Samantha agrees to pay the $40,000 needed to purchase a triplex and gets the loan for the property in her name, but both Brian and Samantha put their name on the property's title. They obtain a mortgage for $90,000 and all of the monthly expenses like the mortgage, utilities, management, vacancy, capital expenditures, repairs, etc. come to $1,400 per month. Well, the triplex is rented for a total of $2,400 per month, so every month the two make around $1,000 in positive cash flow which they then split 50-50. Someday when they sell, they'll split the proceeds 50-50 as well and trade up to a larger deal together. Brian was able to generate $500 per month using no money of his own, just creativity. Third, private lending partnerships. In this strategy, you offer Bob a solid interest rate on his money for a fixed interest rate and fixed term. This is commonly referred to as private lending, which we'll cover in more depth in chapter six. Bob protects his interest with a lien on the property and you are able to buy it and do what you wish with it. In this case, Bob may decide to fund 100% of the purchase price and the repairs, or he might just fund part of it while using another source like hard money, a mortgage, a line of credit to cover the rest. Again, this depends on your strategy. Let's look at an example that utilizes a private lending partnership. The house was halfway across the country, but it didn't stop Kevin from moving forward on the four-bedroom home located 2,000 miles away. The only problem was Kevin had very little money with which to work and could not obtain a mortgage from a bank because he was already had too many loans. The home was listed at just $45,000 and was already rented for $800 a month. Kevin had been building a relationship with a local retired real estate investor, Donald, for several months, and so he decided to work out a deal. He and Donald agreed to a $45,000 loan at an interest rate of 8% spread out over 30 years. The payment to Donald of $330 plus $120 for taxes and insurance brought Kevin's total monthly payment to $450. Setting aside $150 a month for vacancies, repairs, management, and capital expenditures, Kevin cleared roughly $200 per month in cash flow on this property with no money out of pocket. Fourth, a credit partnership. In a credit partnership, Bob lends his ability to get a loan but doesn't supply any down payment. To accomplish this, you would use a hard money lender, see chapter five, or another private lender, see chapter six, to purchase a property, including the repair costs. If the deal is good enough, this should be feasible. However, it is the most expensive option by far. After the home is rehabbed, rented, and producing a good month-after-month cash flow, Bob refinances the home into a fixed-rate long-term mortgage using his great credit. But both you and Bob remain on the legal title for the property. Here's another example. Heather had never purchased a multifamily property before, but the duplex listed at just 85000 because of the bad smell inside was too good to pass up. She knew it would rent for $1,000 per side after the $15,000 worth of necessary repairs were completed. However, without the ability to get a mortgage because of her bad credit related to a recent divorce, she felt stuck. Luckily, she didn't let the roadblock stop her. Heather contacted a local hard money lender, again, we'll talk more about hard money in Chapter 5, about the deal and explained her plan. At the same time, she mentioned the deal to her brother, Maurice, who didn't have a lot of money either, but he had excellent credit. 
The Hardman lender agreed to fund the entire $100,000 needed as long as the loan was for a maximum of one year. Heather brought just the closing cost, $3,000 to the table, and she and her brother brought the property and quickly fixed it up. After the property was rented out, they waited a required six months and approached a local bank. The bank agreed to finance up to 75% of the appraised value of the property, which came in at $140,000. This allowed Maurice, with his good credit, to obtain a loan for $105,000, enough to cover the hard money loan fees and closing costs. Heather was able to put this deal together for little money out of her own pocket and none out of Maurice's while gaining significant equity and great monthly cash flow all because she didn't say, I can't. I've used all four of these Bob strategies to invest in real estate and all four have worked out well. Yes, I am giving up part of my profit and cash flow to someone else. However, I believe 50% of a great deal is better than 100% of no deal. Without Bob, I often find myself up a creek without a paddle. Bob gives me the security I need to sleep at night, keep moving forward, and do what I do best, put deals together. These partnerships also help teach other people how to be cool and gain a huge foothold in getting financially ahead. It truly is a win-win. Now, before you invest in real estate through a partnership, you absolutely must speak with an attorney who specializes in this kind of thing, as well as a CPA who does the same. I'm not just saying this to protect myself as the author of the book. There are ways of structuring a partnership that can have huge implications on both your tax bill and your liability. Even something as simple as having your partner put in money at the wrong time can cost you thousands of dollars at tax time. So please go speak with a knowledgeable CPA and lawyer. Doing so will cost a couple hundred bucks, but I promise it'll be well worth it. Dangers and pitfalls of using partners. If you've just finished reading about Bob and thought, perfect, this is so easy. Well, I got some bad news for you. The theoretical is always easier than the reality. In this book, Bob is hypothetical. In real life, Bob is a real person with his or her own goals, dreams, fears, agendas, time, creativity, and personality. As with any venture, once you insert the human element into the picture, things can dramatically change for better or worse. Let's talk about some of the pitfalls of working with a partner to invest in real estate creatively. First, personality conflicts. Partnerships can be a difficult thing because of the possibility of vast differences in personalities. When you're relying on another person to get things done and you don't mesh perfectly, conflicts can arise. For example, what if Bob ended up being controlling, irritating, and domineering? If you are investing in buy and hold real estate with Bob, you may need to spend the next 30 years tied to him and his personality problems. That's why picking the right partner is so important. Second, differences in opinion. You know, Everyone has an opinion of how things should go. If you are in a partnership, you're forced to compromise on many aspects of the business. Paint colors, investment types, differing opinions can cause difficulty in a lot of different areas. Third, suspicion and trust. As in any close relationship, suspicion and trust issues can really arise, especially when things aren't going well. Trust can be hard to gain and quick to lose. Fraud also plays a role in the demise of many businesses and partnerships. That is why keeping impeccable records is so important to any partnership. You may also want to plan on using a third-party bookkeeper to limit any suspicion of wrongdoing. Fourth, delayed decision-making. When you are acting alone, you have the ability to quickly make decisions based on how you want things. In a partnership, you are often forced to discuss every decision, no matter how trivial, with your partner, which can add a lot of time to your dealings. This is why I generally prefer Bob to be a silent partner and to understand from the beginning that I'm the primary decision-maker. Of course, I want to discuss critical business issues with Bob, but I don't want Bob demanding that I talk with him before picking a tenant, a paint color, or a rental price. This conversation needs to happen very early in the partnership before any money is spent and must be written down and signed by both parties. 
I know my strengths and I've been in the business long enough to generally know what I'm doing. That's not to say I don't value input, but I simply need the freedom to act quickly and decisively on non-major issues. If your partner can't accept this, you may need to find a different partner. Number five, smaller profits. When you form a partnership, your profit by nature of the agreement are split. In other words, you will make a lot less money per deal than if you were working alone. However, as I said before, and I often say, 50% of a great deal is better than 100% of no deal. The same is true for Bob. People may ask Bob why he would give me or you 50% of a deal when he could do it all himself, given that he is funding the total purchase. The simple truth is that Bob would not buy the property himself. Bob would continue going the way Bob has been going and would do nothing different, and Bob knows it. So for him, 50% of a deal that I or you put together is better than 100% of sitting on the sidelines and buying nothing. Besides, Bob doesn't have to do much work for his part, and he gets front row training from an experienced investor. And six, mixing business and friendship. Oftentimes, people get into business with friends or family, and many times that partnership becomes the death of the relationship. Partnerships don't always work out, and when they don't, the relationship is often destroyed. A partnership is very much like a marriage. Don't get into it unless you're ready. Again, this is why setting your business up right from the start is key. As I mentioned earlier, don't be afraid to sit down with a lawyer for an hour or two to review your partnership agreement. Your partnership agreement is there to protect you from the things that you don't think will happen because something always will. When you have a plan for how to deal with problems, the risk of the relationship ending badly diminishes greatly because both parties have already agreed on what to do. For example, what if in five years down the road, you and Bob jointly own a triplex and you have a hell month when you have to evict one tenant, completely remodel her cockroach infested unit and remodel a second unit all at the same time. This is exactly what happened to me recently. We had 10 grand saved up in an account for problems and business and poof, just like that, the hell month drained our account. An eviction, a paint job, a trash dot unit cleaned us out. However, because we had agreed ahead of time in writing that we would split all such future losses and that I would manage the situation, I simply talked with my partner and we each wrote a check for half the overages. No one was upset and no one was confused. If you don't prepare for issues like this, you might end up with some very awkward conversations, angry friends, and a sour business relationship. Seven, unrealistic expectations. When you rely on someone else, setting expectations as to how something should be done is easy. However, when your partner doesn't live up to your expectations, it's easy to grow bitter and blame him or her. One thing I do to curtail this is to consistently under-promise and over-deliver. In fact, I generally don't promise anything at all. All I can do is show them what I've done in the past and give my best guess for what the future will look like. In reality, that's all real estate investing is, an educated guess. I will show them how I determine the potential cash flow or equity of a property, planning for the worst case scenario, and make sure they understand I'm not promising that deal will work out a certain way. The only time this does not apply is in a pure lending partnership when I'm simply borrowing money at a fixed interest rate for a fixed term. In that case, I do promise to pay a certain rate for a certain time through a promissory note. Eight, legal responsibility for a partner. While the legal ramifications depend largely on the entity structure you establish and the choices you make at the beginning, you and your partner are still in business together, which means you are responsible for that person, at least as far as the business is concerned. If he or she skips town, you are still responsible for the whole business and its obligations. Once again, this is another reason you must make sure your real estate attorney helps you draft any partnership agreements to help protect your interests and your financial future. Number nine, more complicated taxes. When you alone are running your business, the taxes and accounting requirements are much simpler than when you're working with partners. 
The more members you bring in as owners, however, the more complicated the book work becomes and the more time-consuming and costly tax season is. Consider this part of the cost of doing business and prepare for it. While you may have been accustomed to having your taxes done for a hundred bucks before, you should probably expect to spend two grand or more for this service once you start adding a bunch of properties and partnerships. Wrapping it up, is a partnership right for you? Partners are not for everyone and not everyone will make a good partner. However, when you can use partners to move your business forward and close more deals, they're invaluable. Real estate investing is a relationship business and without others, you're never gonna succeed. As I've demonstrated thus far, there are multiple ways to buy properties using a partner with little or no money down. However, each technique involves its own trials and tribulations. Only you can decide for yourself the best way to put together a deal. No two deals are identical, so no two financing structures are likely to be the same either. Creative finance is a puzzle, and the right partner can just be the exact piece you need. Finally, keep in mind that a great partnership cannot make a bad deal into a great one. You still need to find great deals and do your homework, ensuring a long-lasting and profitable relationship between you and Bob. As we move on with more strategies for investing in real estate with no or low money down, I want you to always keep the partnership strategy in the back of your mind. Partners can play a role in any of these strategies outlined in the book, and a creative real estate investor's job is to find ways of putting together deals by mixing and matching strategies. The point of creative finance is to open your mind to new possibilities, and partners can open a whole new world of investing possibilities when combined with other methods. Now, let's move on to one of those strategies now, tapping into your home equity. Chapter four, home equity loans and lines of credit. If you already own your own home and you owe significantly less than its 